Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 430 on Tuesday, the 5th of October, 2021. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And this week, we'll be getting the feeling of deja vu all over again. We'll be watching the dust settle on rallying's merry-go-round, and we'll be shocked at just what £27,000 will get you. But first, we have a bit of follow-up. Now, uh, not so long ago, we were talking about a Toyota Mirai hypermiling round Paris, wasn't it? It was Paris. It was definitely France. It was around the Paris region. Yes. yes. yes it was. Uh, well, America has decided they won't be beaten on that, and they've decided to hypermile themselves. And they went around Southern California in a Toyota Mirai <laughs> and did an amazing 845 miles on a tank of hydrogen. Mm-hmm. That is 120 more, I think it was, than... Something like that, yes. No, 200, because it was 635. So it's a 210 miles more. It was being driven this time, though, by a professional hypermiler called Wayne Gerdes. I love his co-pilot's name, though. Bob Winger. Yes! <laughs> This was this was a proper attempt and everything. I mean, they got the Guinness Book of Records all lined up, and they had an adjudicator, and they they did four hundred and seventy three miles on day one, and then they did three hundred and something or three hundred and seventy two on the second day as they hmm. ended their return trip back where they started, which was at Toyota's technical center in Gardena in California. They did, and the first day, lovely days driving, by the way. Santa Barbara, Malibu Beach, Pacific Coast Highway. I know. There are worst roads on which on which, in which to spend that. Can, can we think do. of some hypermiling somewhere? I've done those roads, but I do them again, but not in a PT Cruiser convertible. No. Yes. no, that's not a record we want to they set. They actually passed 12 <laughs> hydrogen filling stations to do it uh, in that. But yeah, but really impressive. Well done. Uh, that is amazing, yep. Congratulations there. Right, Alan, do you want to take us on to the, ooh, colour me, I'm shocked news this week? <laughs> uh, this week in surprise of the week is that the Geneva International Motor Show has been uh, cancelled for 2022. Uh, that makes it the third year in a row. They're blaming... <clears throat> <laughs> Let me brace myself for this. Can you say it with a straight face? <laughs> uh, we appreciate and apologise for any inconveniences caused, but wish to avoid having to cancel the show at short notice due to the ongoing issues relating to the pandemic. So, yes, it's industry-wide issues relating to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, I, I can understand the industry-wide issues. But the industry-wide issue is that nobody is prepared to pay the yeah. extortionate rates <laughs> that are charged by both Pal Expo and also the hoteliers of Geneva. Yes, quite. That's, that, that's those what are I, the industry-wide issues. Yes, I, do. I think saying, oh, the pandemic now is pushing your luck. It, it is a bit, especially <laughs> given, you know, Frankfurt worked in Munich. Yes, IEA worked in Munich. Uh, Los Angeles Motor Show is scheduled to go ahead in November. But of course, there is no COVID in the US anymore. And the, or something... And the Huangzhou Motor Show in China is is scheduled to to go ahead as well. So tough one there. Mm. Remember at the same time that there's going to be a biennial spin-off motor show in Doha. And it was going to be in either autumn 2022 or autumn 2023. 
chances are, according to Felix Page and Autocar, that it's going to be the latter. Yep. Uh, should we make a, a bold prediction? I know we're we're ahead of times of our uh, of what that it's not going to happen next year either. I will it ever happen again? I don't know. I don't think. I actually don't think so, and I think a lot of it is because car companies were very very jaded about it anyway, simply because of the phenomenal costs involved. Yep. And specifically with the phenomenal costs involved in Geneva and the rampant urine extraction, which it feels like when you... I mean, Geneva's expensive anyway, even outside motor show times, but it does feel like rampant urine extraction to journalists, to yeah. all the uh, automotive companies as well. So yep. I think they've they've ruined it for themselves. First, they've only got themselves to blame. Only themselves yeah. to blame. It not happening again also makes me sad, despite that, yes. that cynicism. I, I I am actually very sad about that. No, yeah, I, I am not saying any of what I've said with glee by any stretch of the imagination, except for that the hoteliers don't get to line their pockets. It should be a lesson to them that I doubt they'll learn. Mm. But it, it's a shame that such a, well, it is a landmark event. I thought you were going to use the word iconic just there. No, I steered away from that. I tried to. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a landmark event in, in many of our calendars. So so great shame. Yeah. Hopefully we're wrong. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to be wrong on this. It's, mm. it's not one that I want to be right on. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Anyway, um, council pothole funding budget holes. Yes, holes all over the place. Uh, the local mm. government association has said that the Department for Transport has sort of scaled back its funding for local road maintenance in 2021-22. It's shaved off just a fraction under £400 million. So whereas it was £1.78 billion in uh, 2020 to 21, it is now going to be £1.39 billion. Now, considering we keep being told how there is unprecedented amounts being given to repair roads by the government, etc., etc., this is, to say the least, disappointing. They keep saying this every year. They say, we've, put a, we've set aside £1.39 billion, pounds, and they announce it as a big thing. Whereas the year before, they announced we've set aside £1.78 billion. Pounds. And so the, the amounts reduce, but because it's still quite a large-sounding number, that then they get away with it. Yeah. But then they get away with it. No, no, I'm, I'm bored of that now, quite frankly. Yes. Uh, what What is interesting, because we have banged on a long time and often on this show about how vital infrastructure is and if only we had politicians that understood that infrastructure was important from all all shades of politician by mm, the way this yes, is yes, not this is not party specific no not anyway. at all <laughs> uh, then uh, the local government association has also declared that it would take 10 billion and more than a decade to clear the current road repair backlog mm -hmm. that is how shockingly underfunded this part of the infrastructure has been in this country for an awful long time across multiple different types of governments to get to this yes, stage. absolutely. And that's... It just beggars belief that none of them sit there and go, you know what, perhaps we need... To, if, if we're going to be... If we're going to be yes, but, pushing forward... But, but, 
but by the by by the time it's a it's a serious problem, someone else will be in government. I know that, and I'm sick of that politics as well. To be honest, I'm just sick of politics. I think is what my answer. I think we're all just sick of politics. To be perfectly honest, yes. Uh, I think what the what we're really finding out here is we're going to continue to have shocking roads, and they are going to do the most cost-effective repairs they can, which will mean those rubbish patches which go within three months mm-hmm. because that's all they can afford. It's great because then you patch beside the patch. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. yeah. So, oh, well. Good luck, everyone. That's all right. I'm going to the US where it's even worse. Right. Well, talk to us about uh, BMW M. Yeah, well, there's um, there are a couple of games of musical chairs being played over the next little while that we've got to talk about tonight. Uh, and the first one is some swap arounds at BMW. So Frank Van Meel returns as chairman of BMW M and Marcus Flash, who is the current boss of BMW M, moves up to BMW's head of overall vehicle development. Say the sectors, though. So it's for luxury, upper, and mid-range BMW models. What else have they got? Well, this is the got. Well, yes. <laughs> Was, is there a sub-brand I've never been made aware of? <laughs> they've, they've got, they've got minis. Yeah, that's about it. So, so not the two, so not the one series and the two series. And that's it. Are you sure they're not mid-range? No, come on. The the three is mid-range. Nowadays. Okay. Is it? Someone's going to disagree with me. Uh, you, know what? It, you know what? Not only now do you need this 7D chart to say what the models are, we now need it's them to be. Of they them. need to be color coded through what is luxury upper and mid don't, don't don't go there. It's just not. Funny. So now we're in space it's... and time, and it's quantum physics. That's what you need in a degree in quantum physics. That, well, and it, it, not just specific to BMW. That one. I mean, come on, the Mercedes are at least as bad, and Volkswagen. Well, there we go. Yes, that's that's a different chart though. That's from different reasons. <laughs> yes. So anyway, Frank Van Meel is coming back, returning to the job for the last three years. He's been head of BMW's large car program. I assume that means 7 Series and Rolls-Royce. Okay, just putting it out there. And the X7, because you don't get that much bigger. And he'll take over again on the 1st of November when all of these things come into play. Okay. Right, I'm talking. continuing the musical chairs. I will take us to McLaren. Now, McLaren have just got their latest instalment of... Uh, of a cash injection which is 550 million this is from both existing and new investment sources which uh, we talked about in the middle of the year because that's when it was announced but part of the conditions of that are that there are new members of the board there's going to be two non-executive directors mm-hmm. one is stefan jacoby who used to be uh, the executive vice president and president of gm uh, their international operations. Yeah, so there's not much of a job there anymore, is there? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> uh, as well as he was the CEO of Volvo and Volkswagen's American operations. The other one is the ex-poor CEO, Michael Macht. He's also going to be non-executive director. And then there will be three others mm-hmm. brought in. Two will have come from the new major shareholders, which is the Ares Management Corp and Public Investment Fund. Uh, 
where I, I presume that must be a Saudi. Yeah, yeah, Aris Management Corporation and Public Investment Fund. Yeah, I think I think it is. Okay, so then that that makes up the five new members. So, mm-hmm. uh, oh, sorry, the fifth the fifth one we missed that one. The fifth one comes from existing shareholder Mumtakalat. Oh yes, of course. Sorry, yeah, because it was only two I mentioned. Yes, apologies. Yep. Uh, well, uh, so fingers crossed. That's one. The end of McLaren's money problems for quite a while and two now they can focus on the future a bit more instead of just mm-hmm. trying to even the keel and all these other cliches yeah i mean and those are those are big names they are but it will be interesting to see how much influence and change of the previous board's direction this means you mean they might actually make models that are different from each other well when you look at how much cash they've needed and how many people they laid off and all the rest of it, you can see why they did what they did. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But does does this mark a significant shift in how they do things? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that will we'll see how that goes first and mm-hmm. then I think we'll see new models second. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's the case. Yeah. To Berlin next. There's a petition in Berlin to ban both internal combustion and electric cars from the German capital. So far, more than 50,000 people have signed it. It would, as I say, ban private car use, but across 34 square miles around central Berlin, bounded by the S-Bahn train line, it would make it the largest car-free urban area in the world. And to give you an idea, if you are London-based, that's the same size as London travel zones 1 and 2. According to the petition, drivers would be allowed 12 rented car journeys a year in the area. But if you need vehicles, if you've got restricted mobility, if you're delivery drivers, all these kind of things, then uh, there would be there would be looser restrictions. <laughs> Uh, but the ban wouldn't just be an overnight thing. It would There would be a transition period. It would come in over time. And the aim, of course, is to improve health, uh, air quality and safety. You say reasonable transition time, but... I have no idea what that might be. Well, it considering be a while, that I would imagine. Nick uh, Keisner, who is one of the campaigners, was talking to The Guardian mm. about this, that uh, he makes it, he states that uh, we would need about half of cars to go electric next year in order to meet the federal government's own targets for transportation emissions. Hmm. So uh, I think reasonable will be months rather than years. No, I don't think so. I think it will have to be years. Oh, sorry. Is that reasonable to me or reasonable to someone who's going to start a petition uh, calling for the banning of all private private vehicles? Well, it depends on whether you're Berlin. trying to hit Probably the different levels. federal government's targets. Or they're not going whether to be able to you're the government's going targets. to do this in a more measured, reasonable manner that mm. doesn't alienate people. Because mm-hmm. over 50,000 people have signed this petition so far, and it's 34 square miles. How many people live in 34 square miles to be... quite? To, Quite a few, but the thing about central Berlin is it's like central Paris. It's like central London. You don't need a car if you live there. Mm -hmm. It's not like the rest of us out here in the sticks where, oh, a bus. That's it until tomorrow then. 
at 10 o'clock in the morning. There is a comprehensive, integrated, reasonably priced public transport system in Berlin. You would use the public transport system. As you mentioned that, though, um, they are saying as part of the campaign, just to show that they're not completely nuts in this idea, (laughs) that they do say that they are requesting cheaper public transport with the idea that it becomes completely free in the future, which uh, is like Estonia does. Yes, and also Luxembourg. Yep. Also, there would be uh, helping with parking management, additional green spaces, and the promise for no new expressways in the city. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, this might actually happen. It's not like over here, because there's a system, isn't there? Yeah, there's a it's Germany, of course, there's a system. Uh, It's it's a form of direct democracy that they've got, which is it goes through three the where things introduced in that way or proposed in that way go through three stages. So stage one requires 20,000 signatures. They've got 50,333 at the time that this was written by Jack Warwick in Autocar. Uh, Stage two requires 170,000 signatures. So there is a significant jump still to take place if this is to happen. And the proposed law is then sent to a public vote if the government refuses to enact it. What I'm not sure is if it's federal government or the state government, because it is Germany and it is a lot like America in that it is federal. Yeah, different states. So, so I don't know if if Berlin uh, chooses to enact it or if uh, or if it is Germany as a whole that do that chooses to enact it definitely one that we're going to be keeping an eye on though because this is this is interesting yes it has the potential to go well but equally Hmm. has the potential to go appallingly badly yes it's never going to be in the middle ground it's either going to be really really good or a total and utter mess yes Mm -hmm. Mm. interesting one though yeah yeah absolutely good one that Absolutely. Right, I'm going to bring us back to Blighty uh, and Bedfordshire, actually, where there is an EV charging specialist called Char.gy. Oh, dear. How are you meant to pronounce that? Is it Char? Yes, I think so. Or what? You know, That's how just, I do it. It's all right if you're writing stuff. You don't have these problems writing people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all new startups in the motoring world, if you send us your name that you thought of first, we will pronounce it back at you and you can hear how either good or incredibly stupid your name sounds. It's, so a, it's a service we provide for a small fee to save you embarrassment. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, their idea is actually good. Forget the name. <laughs> their idea is pretty good. And this is uh, the first test in this country of uh, wireless induction charging to some modified uh, Renault Zoe's at the moment so that what happened the idea is to help uh, those of us who do not have off-street parking and therefore the ability to charge as well and also to help eliminate the need for cables to be trailed across pavements also for accessing lamppost charging points and stuff like that. So you, you, these would be laid down in the street, you park over the top, and only if an EV goes over them do the induction plates get activated. That's the idea mm-hmm. behind this. So same as you putting your phone on a pad. Yes, yes, absolutely. And it, and it does, as, as an idea, it works. I've, I've been in a car that has parked across at wireless charging pads before. 
There'll be 10 Renault Zoe's in this. They'll be supplied by the car sharing firm Hire Car, and they'll have that aftermarket induction added added to the bottom. It should be good. You should just be able to go in, park in the spot, and then and uh, and and you are you are charged by magic. Yeah. This, I mean, that's that's the thing that then just smashes everybody's arguments about why EVs don't work out the water, doesn't it? Well, not quite, because then people say, oh, how do you stop someone else parking your parking space? And all these kind of things. So it doesn't, sadly, it doesn't. You could do what councils are doing now with that off-street, uh, on-street charging, and then you just make them... Um... It's actually, it's neater than that, because you can, of course, have the parking, how have the charging pad remote from wherever the the, the the thing is. So you could have something like a, a parking ticket machine type thing and say, well, I'm actually parked in this space, t- space, and then mm-hmm. uh, it starts. That, that, by the way, is the official sound of wireless charging. And then it goes, <laughs> uh, and it starts charging in the appropriate bay. Mm. It means you don't need all these silly poles around it means you don't have to have cables slung around the place there's a lot to be said for it and, and of course mm-hmm. the first thing people are going to come back and say it's not as efficient as using a cable well it isn't but it's not it's way more efficient than it was not so very long ago absolutely yeah and if you're just parking mm-hmm. up overnight what does it matter well yeah i mean you are you are sort of like letting electrons escape into the world <sighs> they're, they're leaking out don't, don't tell me that'll be an emission that's going to be illegal soon Oh, don't, don't, don't. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not feeling very up tonight. He, he doesn't, he, Andrew has to drive after the recording and therefore doesn't have a beer. If he seems a little more uptight, then there's your reason. <laughs> this has affected my mood significantly. It has, it has, and I can tell the difference. Right, well, that's the end of the first part. <laughs> it is. So it's time for Guilt Minute, quick break in the show where we ask for a tad of financial support to get the lights on and the hosting running. If you feel that motoring podcasts worth a small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. Different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live. We have a, also have a small range of merchandise available for our website and spring store, from stickers to mugs and T-shirts. If you don't have any spare cash, and we completely understand, then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released, and by liking and rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you. If you've done all of that, and some of you do, so thank you as always. Then the last thing you can do is to recommend us to your friends or colleagues. Yes. It's guilt 30 seconds these days, I think. <laughs> yes. Right, new new car news. Mm. And I'm going to take us to the MG ZS EV, which has been a sort of midlife update, I think is what we have to term this, isn't it's it? It's been a little bit fishy-fied, yes. It's, a, it's what used to be called a facelift, but you can't call them that. Okay. Midlife revisions. Yes. And what they have done is they've added uh, 110 miles of range, which is quite impressive. Uh, it is. Well, it's now 273 miles. That's plenty by official standards. Yes. <laughs> from a, My official standards, by the way, a, before anybody asks. <laughs> a new 70, 72 kilowatt battery pack. Uh, and then there is a smaller 51 kilowatt battery pack option which has a 198 mile range uh which will join up the their um, lineup later on uh, in the year but they're also externally they've uh, changed the front end uh, with the grill it's more of a, a a panel that's now got it's sort of it's been 
it's like it's a grill that they've they've dotted. It's all filled in. Punctured. It doesn't look like a tradition. It's been made to look like an electric car. Everyone, it's yeah. got the sort of modern concept car type. Type. Oh look, somebody stuck a knitting needle through it in many places. Type of grill. Yes, this is apparently for aerodynamics, but yeah, I think it sure. just looks better. They've got new, more aerodynamic alloy wheels, and they've fiddled around at the back end as well. Inside, there's they've improved the touchscreen and interface and all that sort of stuff. And these are I'm seeing more of the ZSs on the road, and I'm seeing more. Of are, the are you sure EVs. it's a ZS and not a Mazda CX-5? By the way, <laughs> just 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 to check. No, it definitely is. <laughs> definitely is an mg but i think 273 miles is great i mean we don't unfortunately we don't know at this point what the changes to the price will be and also what the full specs will be but mm-hmm. we've con- we have consistently congratulated mg for improving their registration figures even in difficult but months and the- this this looks even more appealing yeah, I mean, the, the thing is they've been improving their range nonstop as well. Mm. It's, it's quite smart. One other, th- one other key figure that perhaps we skipped over there is that it can charge up to 76 kilowatts. Um, so in theory, you could charge to 100% in 42 minutes yep. uh, using a rapid charger overnight on a 7-kilowatt home charger, which is pretty cool. I, I think it looks kind of good. It, it It is separated a little bit from the from, from Mazda range. Uh, with that but goodness me what a the bottom of this uh this yes auto page there's a whole lot of links to adverts for the mg3 and you just look at the mg3 and you look at the that new zs up above and you go it's not really much comparison is there? they have come on a significant amount in a very short space of time yeah yeah exactly yeah. And f- five years has made a significant difference there yeah anyway other new new car news but from the opposite end of the spectrum (laughs) is the pike uh about two years ago they revealed the mark zero concept but development of a production variant is is en route uh, and it's set for 2024 launch it will be an electric grand tourer which looks to be about the same shape and proportions as a toyota supra but 595 brake horsepower obviously it's called pike as the uh, as it's been found founded by Tony Pike, the son of the the late former Porsche engineer and VW boss Ferdinand Pike. Uh, so yes, obviously, it, it obviously obviously the family name. How obvious a statement was that, Alan? It was incredibly obvious. But it's going to use a trio of 150 kilowatt electric motors, one at the front, two at the rear, and. They're claiming 62 miles an hour in under three seconds and 124 miles an hour in under nine seconds. So that's 200 kilometers now. Mm-hmm. No claims for top speed. Andrew, what do you think to to its looks anyway? I think it's it's quite it's quite an attractive looking one. I mean, the 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 photographs I think are in its best light. Uh, and I quite well. They're they're press photos, yeah, obviously. And I, and I quite like the the back end and how the lights are for that. Uh, I'm really mm. impressed with the 80% capacity charging. It's claimed in eight minutes with one of those 400 volt CCS two fast charge stations. Mm. But also, they're trying to be really clever with the battery cell pack because they're, they're calling it a pouch. Yes. 
and the they're hoping for or they're aiming for an WLTP certified 311 mile range, which again is more than plenty. Now mm-hmm. we're going to the official st- stages of more than plenty is 311. <laughs> I'm really intrigued with how they're trying to spread the uh, the the weight and the heat management around the the parts of the car and sort of trying to ape how a an internal combustion engine car is heavy in certain areas of mm-hmm. the the chassis and the drivetrain and things like that and they they're using that because they know the dynamics of a car at that point yeah, we, it gives we've, you a we've got point. years of data on that so if they're putting that similar sorts of weights or uh, heat in those areas and i i think um looking at this article they're saying this is what the lotus visia Avija. Mm. Yeah, well, it was trying to be mid-engine. Yeah, he's, he's also trying yeah. to achieve doing the similar thing uh, with that. So I think we're now getting to, you know, we've got some some companies that are trying to go with the skateboard. We've got other companies that are trying to spread it around in different areas. So I, I think it's really, it, if you want to nerd out about battery tech, it's really interesting time. The thing is that the, the shoving it around into appropriate areas is a way to avoid the SUV look. Yes. Yeah. which blights EVs. Otherwise, you, you end up with a basically an SUV uh, on a slab. Exactly. Um, but also, I think it, it aids with the crash protection as well. Again, hmm. because those areas were being particularly protected, or we know the forces in those areas, they can manage any energy that comes into a, a, an incident or a collision mm-hmm. uh, to protect those particular areas so again they are using they're cleverly using data we already have yes absolutely so that, that's one last like thing that. at the very end of this this evo article that will be linked in the show notes and it's saying pike is saying it will produce its models at the facilities of a renowned automobile manufacturer aiming for 1200 vehicles in the first year which is quite a quite a heady target the question is is it just a renowned automobile manufacturer or is it an actual automobile brand so is it going to be someone like steer in austria or is it going to be someone else's facilities like i don't know lotus perhaps or porsche Hmm. i don't know do they not have rimac in their cook rimac yeah rimac um who's uh is it um so it's unlikely it to Mobile? be Volvo, to who's, be honest. Who's the one that begins with M that people are going to a lot? Um, you know, the, no, the sort of like first tier supplier manufacturer, the sort of white label stuff. Oh, come on. I should know this off by heart. You know it's the one. completely skipped my mind. Yeah, that's where I think it'll go, personally. Hmm. But it would be interesting if they tie up with a proper manufacturer. Yeah, I think that's an interesting... Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be Volkswagen because of the, the Rimac links okay but that's just my thought i'm just guessing based on nothing more than guesswork that's good enough for most people i know but at least i say it out loud (laughs) anyway wrc big weekend for wrc in the the the, the end of the well it's it's the season's finished isn't it no or have i not been paying attention no i've not been paying attention two more to go that's the problem spain this weekend but before spain pitches up the three teams have announced who is going to be driving what. So we'll start with the really exciting one, which is that Craig Breen has a two-year deal with M Sport, and he's going to be driving that Puma Rally for the next two years for them. So that's fabulous news for Craig Breen because, one, he seems to have got quicker and quicker, even though he's had less and less opportunity at the top level in recent mm-hmm. years. And two, he seems to 
fantastically lovely chap as well. People always say nice things about him. Yeah, that's brilliant. And hopefully that really catapults M Sports fortunes in the right mm-hmm. direction because they have so. been struggling. But again, it, you know, it's a finance thing, I think, primarily more than anything. They are punching way above their weight. They're essentially a private team and they're up against Hyundai and Toyota. Yeah. Who can like, we let's just throw some more cash in that general direction. Yeah. Uh, and talking of which, uh, Hyundai have confirmed that Sordo and Solberg will be sharing the third car. So that's where Craig Breen had been dipping in and out. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they've got Optanic and Nouvelle as one and two or one and one, yeah. whichever we're going with <laughs> <laughs> however they feel that particular week yes whoever's had the least worst luck <laughs> in the weekend um, so that's that's an incredibly strong team and all of them are well known to the team so there's there's no there's no major shocks there once once no. breen moved himself out of the equation i think that was fairly obvious and then finally we get to toyota so we've got evans and rovenpera are the two full-time drivers uh, and mm-hmm. sebastian ogier is still going to drive but only part of the season uh, with lappy coming in from the wrc cold where mm-hmm. he, he last he was with citroen mm-hmm. in 20 no he was with somebody in 2020 i think um, but the, obviously the season was so messed up. But he he moved to Citroen in 2019, and obviously that went badly wrong because Citroen left, and and it didn't go well for him anyway. Hopefully this means Lappy comes forward because he was fourth last week when he'd rented uh, a rally car <laughs> to race in the main event and came fourth. So that's uh, he shows he's still got uh, you know oodles of talent. So there we go. Um, Spain this week, so that's tarmac, and then we finish at Monza. Not so long away, again, partly on the track, partly off it, uh, for the final Mm. of the season. So how well can Evans do? Can Ogier just do enough? It's getting getting twitchy now after that last result. It's great to see. It's good stuff. Really good stuff. Oh, and I noticed that for M Sport, it's going to be the Puma next year, yep. not the um, not the not the Fiesta as well. Gosh, yeah, there's there's videos of Breen testing the Puma already. Yes, uh, they're all on on Dirtfish, which is really good. Lunchtime read. I could say we could actually have an almost an entire podcast discussing this. Yes, uh, this particular <laughs> article. So this is from Haggerty, and it's by Giles Chapman, who is always an interesting person to read. It's part of his, it's the second part of his, the Handbook of Sloan Ranger Cars series. So the first one was, was to me, the second car you think of when you think of as Sloan Rangers, which is the Mark 1 Volkswagen Golf GTI, preferably in Lhasa Blue. The first one I always think of has to be a Range Rover Vogue or Vogue SE in dark green or dark blue with three-spoke wheels in body color. <laughs> But this one is well up there, and uh, particularly in the, the the later form, and it's the Peugeot 504 and 505 Estates. Now, it's just, it's so brilliantly written. It, now, Giles is a bit older than us, and so he focuses quite a lot on the 504, but for my generation, yep. then the 505 mm. was always a major force in 
prep school car parks and sports days. Yes. Which is Sloan Rangers, but a bit older. So they're too old for the the Volkswagen Golf. They've got married. They've had a kid or two. uh, Then it sort of moves to that stage, the 504-505 estate. Because these were still relatively exotic compared to a Cortina estate or, or a... Or most Sierra estates. I'm not going to say all Sierra estates because the 4x4 gear, 2.8 4x4 gear make, would make a regular appearance, certainly in the depths of Scotland. But this is, uh, I just read it. Sorry. I'm waffling on because I could discuss this and talk about it and read it, compare and, and contrast. The, <laughs> the, the pictures are great. I wish there was a little bit more 505 in there. Obviously, top of the tier was, of course, the 505 GTI. Yes, um, estate which which I uh, guess there were a few of those. It's still, but and no. then they kind of faded away. But some moved to four or fives, and then generally faded away and, and moved towards MPVs and SUVs and stuff. But yeah. before then, that was the five hundred five. Shall I stop talking there? Yes, yes. Go, please do. go click the link in the show notes. Go you'll click the link because I've not, I've not even talked a lot about it. To be perfectly no, honest, no, he hasn't. So. He's done very well. He's talked around it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so do follow the link. Go for. I'm looking forward to seeing more of these, and and don't be surprised if they turn up as lunchtime reads in the future because I just really, really like them. Yep, Giles is a great writer. Other things I like are this week's list of the week. <laughs> it's like I've just tried to please Alan in the second half of the show. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's, it's sort of Alan-tastic, I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah. So the list Loving of the week it. is from Yes Auto, and it is 10 Japanese K-cars we'd love to own. Alan, is there one <laughs> no. in particular that leaps out, or would you like to have all of them? <laughs> I'll have them all, please. One of each, and they still won't take up very much space. Oh, try not to choose. Oh, it has to be the Honda Beat. Always wanted a Honda Beat. Okay. There we go. Honda Beat. Right, I'm not going to say my choice because there is only 10, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that. Um, that wasn't oh, my I'm, number one, I have to say. I could have chosen almost any I of know. them, including the one where the name is almost as long as a car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Loads of choice in this one. Well, it's not loads of choice. There's not enough choice, but it's it's some very cool cars. Yes, there are. There I'd are. love to. Mm-hmm. Right, do you want to take us to the and finally then? This... Um, this week's and finally is it's the oakley design renault twizy which sold just last week yep on collecting cars just last week and um yeah it's a renault twizy that sold uh for twenty seven thousand five hundred pounds so it's not just a standard renault twizy uh, <laughs> this one is super formula one influenced in fact it was influenced by the one-off renault twizy f1 that, that renault made now people who have been long-term listeners even viewers to our youtube channel which doesn't get updated very often uh will know just how much i i love the renault twizy it is just just fantastic to have say one of five each of the five was a different color but tuned uh it's been tuned it has power boosters it's got all sorts of bits and pieces including carbon fiber spoilers and things i uh, it's just even cooler supposedly it can do 60 miles an hour that must be pretty terrifying uh and it looks great it's got a big spoiler on the back it's got a big spoiler on the front it's got pseudo side pod 
things with canards on the side. Uh, it's got wide tires with with grippy wheel, uh, wide wheels, grippy tires. Even um, it's cracking. It's great. Just just in the carbon fiber alone, uh, I think twenty seven and a half grand must be a bargain. I do think that's a pretty good deal. Straight <laughs> up. Never mind the fact that it's chipped. That it's got an Alcantara steer, Alcantara race formula whatever uh, steering wheel that the that the wing mirrors are supposedly the same as the ones on a 2015 formula one car and that the wheels themselves are aluminium center lock items from a from a formula two car you know in parts cost alone you're getting well on for 27 grand 27 and a half grand yeah I mean, the the only slight downside is you need to pay Renault 55 quid for the battery lease but you've got a lifetime battery warranty and i think if you've just splashed out 27 and a half grand on an electric twizzy you can stand 55 quid 55 quid a month what would you want would you would you want a gym membership or would you want the battery or would you want the battery lease on a on an awesome renault twizzy like that i'm sorry but i'm going for the twizzy yep and to be honest with those tires at low speeds you're going to be getting a fair old upper body workout anyway <laughs> I just think it's genius. I think it's great. Uh, I think I'm. I'm. I think no. I know that I'm a bit jealous of someone. Yeah, Twizzy, Twizzy's fab anyway. And then throwing on all that carbon fiber and everything else makes it even even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and lots of proper stuff there as well. Not just sort of yeah, it's tacky bolt on stuff. stuff. It is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Parish notes. Yes, I was already. I was already to go to the end of the show. She was. Uh... Hyundai Special Edition. If it didn't work for you the other week, I promise it's been fixed now. Apologies for that, everyone. Took two attempts for me to fix it because that's what happens when you try and fix stuff in a rush. So apologies. It is there. It is worth a listen. He says self-interest bubbling to the fore, uh, but it should be worth it. Worth a listen. There'll be a new Special Edition out this coming Friday as well. It's a little bit tangential to, well, it's, it's not a drive day, put it that way. No. Uh, but do, again, I think it's worth a listen. Uh, you'll understand why when we're doing it. Um, it's something that, that, that sort of interests me. So do take take 27 minutes of your time for, for that. So, yeah, previous special edition, new special edition. That was it for Parish Notes. Thanking Alex once again for stepping in. Oh, yes. Thank you, Alex, for stepping in whilst I was um, unable to make it to an internet. Well, I was both simultaneously family sitting and uh, meeting up with Nia Khan, actually, uh, for a drink. So thank you, Alex, for letting me manage to juggle the two of those. I could do two, but I couldn't do three. He's just not trying hard enough, really. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's it. Anyway, before I remind Andrew why it is that we're recording an hour earlier than normal tonight. Hey, uh, who was it who said, don't worry about the podcast? It was you that said, don't worry about the podcast. <laughs> yes, it, it was. It was. Don't forget that between now and next week, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Uh, remember, you can support us financially via Patreon, and please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you personally, what's the best way for them to do that? 
Twitter again, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. As I said, we'll be back uh, very soon. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring. <laughs>